the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is. And welcome back. Monday, March 28th, 2022. A few thoughts on weekend transpirings. First, in regard to the Will Smith slapper punch of Chris Rock, Ben Shapiro had it right that all of America must now take its moral cues from people who fly private jets to events where they receive thousands of dollars in swag while lecturing us about climate change, chant gay in unison to oppose bills protecting children and slap each other on stage. I would add, and make tens of millions of dollars while they mock and abuse the lives and cultures of those who make thousands of dollars and collectively give them those millions. Chris Rock was the champ last night. The level of professionalism was really quite astounding. Who wouldn't have otherwise made a scene or punched back? Shakespeare in Hamlet writes, the play is the thing, and actors used to use that line to get past pettinesses and other grievances to give the audience what they paid for, the show they paid for. There's a lot more to say in analysis here, but that we could watch a man treat words in a comic routine as violence, to be met with violence, is a perfect sign of the nefarious times we live in. There is no distinction between verbal disagreement and physical violence. Words are action. Words thus can be violent, we are told. We are also told violence isn't always violence and action isn't always action. Though 30 people were killed, though 14,000 people were arrested, though firebombs were launched at courthouses and takeovers of police headquarters were countenanced, we were told everything important to know about that summer of 2020 was mostly peaceful. As we were told that the phrase to march peacefully and patriotically is the incantation of an insurrection. And violently disrupting a law school debate on free speech is heroic action and legitimate protest if one of the speakers holds views you don't agree with. Russia is violent and tyrannical, while China's worse actions are simply part of their cultural preservation and no culture is better than any other. Larry Elder can be a white supremacist and Louis Farrakhan cannot be a bigot all by definition. Just as no belief system is any better than any other, unless the belief is that America is great or even the best country, that's a belief system that is outré, antiquated, quaint, and even a little culturally arrogant, if not jingoistic or insensitive. But there are all kinds of assumptions baked into our progressively burning cultural cake. Whites, by definition, have implicit bias and are by definition oppressors by dint of simply being born white. Other races are always beautiful or oppressed simply by being born into their race. Nothing they say or do can change these assumptions, so much so that the whites who marched with Martin Luther King and absorbed and adopted his message based on the living up to our founding creed is perforce racist for two reasons. One, deliberately ignoring race is impossible in the modern dispensation. And two, King was wrong about the founding. You cannot and must not see anything good to draw from the year 1776 to 1787 or after. We will, we will turn the society upside down and inside out discussing police shootings of unarmed black men, which constitute less than 1% of police shootings and a total of 18 people in 2020 
listed as unarmed, if you can dismiss possessions of deadly weapons. But we'll ignore that problem. And we'll ignore the problem of black-on-black crime, which in that same year witnessed the killing not of 18 people, but of nearly 8,000 black victims. Evidently, we care not so much about the lives lost, even though we're intoned to, as who is causing the lives being lost. And the smaller problem will be elevated over and against the bigger problem, because in a flood, we are instructed to all rush for the fire hoses. C.S. Lewis puts it this way. The use of fashions and thought is to distract the attention of men from their real dangers. We direct the fashionable outcry of each generation against those vices of which it is least in danger. Why? Because race. And I don't think a discussion of black-on-black crime will be taken as the message to explore from the Academy Awards. But I will guarantee you this. If a white man battered Chris Rock, he would not that night have received an award which can only be seen as a reward. Of course, the award, the Oscar, was for acting when what really took place with the slapping of Chris Rock was actual, real, another disorientation. It's the fake and the false that is important. The real and the ugly will be swept aside, all part of the new dispensation. Give the fake a reward. Give the real a pass. Violence isn't violence, but words can be and evidently can lead to kinetic action. By the way, the message to the world, comedians are now subject to your violence when they offend you. Anyone remember how Donald Trump unleashed a war on the media and put journalism's lives in jeopardy? Boy, at the New York Times and CNN and MSNBC in The View, they said it for four years. Well, I remember the complaint well. I don't remember an example of it. Any more than I remember this past winter as a winter of severe illness and death. But, of course, Donald Trump is the one with countable lies and not Joe Biden. Unless you live in Ukraine, listen to these words. Unprepared, temperamentally unfit, inexperienced will put the liberal order at threat, potentially destabilizing. These are just some of the words used in 2016 in newspapers like the Washington Post and the New York Times and from speeches of Hillary Clinton to describe what a Donald Trump foreign policy would look like. After four years of his presidency, one might say what Ronald Reagan said of his own. Not bad. Not bad at all. But all those adjectives and assumptions against Donald Trump's are not just apt and relevant to Joe Biden. They are so a fortiori given all we were expected to get from what a PBS reporter called the most experienced man in foreign policy to be President Joe Biden. Thus, we come to Ukraine, where Joe Biden all within 48 hours, told U.S. troops and the world, including Vladimir Putin, that they will be deploying to the Ukraine after promising we would not be sending troops and telling the Poles and the world, including Vladimir Putin, that the United States seeks to oust Putin from power, also known as regime change. The New York Times editorial page, circa 2016 to 2021, had titled op-ed after titled op-ed using the word chaos to describe Donald Trump's foreign policy, a policy wherein no allies were invaded, Ukraine was armed for the first time by a United States government, North Korea was pacified, China was stalled in its revanchism, Russia was stalled in its, and appeasement to the world's leading terrorist state was stopped, and one of the world's leading terrorists with American blood on his hands was removed from the face of the earth, all while allies were bolstered, 
supported and assured. I guess that's chaos in the same way Larry Elder is a white supremacist. So now what do you say about Joe Biden? Oh, you could open your mouth and prove to be an idiot like Bill Kristol, who compared what Biden said about regime change being off script to Ronald Reagan's statement to Gorbachev to tear down this wall. Except for about a million reasons, tear down this wall was in the speech Reagan gave at the Brandenburg Gate, and a speechwriter and Reagan put it there multiple times, and nobody in the administration retracted it after the fact, or clarified, or apologized for it, as all of Biden's team has been doing since Saturday, including Biden, until this afternoon. And Reagan's line turned out to be one of the great moments in presidential rhetoric that gave hope to the imprisoned and antecedents to the liberty of millions under the thumbscrew of Soviet dictatorship. Joe Biden's line in the crux of a debate about the sanity and irascibility and unpredictable nature of Vladimir Putin will not go down as such. It escalated the tensions and perhaps the war not soothed and calmed the unfree with a dose of long-needed empathy that would in time appear not only prescient but heroic. The clarifications coming with alacrity as they did should mean something too. Here's what they should mean. Has anyone else pointed this out? Usually the president clarifies or has to clean up things cabinet members and executive executive members and deputy secretaries of his team say. Not the other way around, where the staff is constantly cleaning up, clarifying, and walking back things, the president says. That's how pretzeled we are with this administration and how much normalcy we have seeded. And a question. Have we now come to the point that to defend Democrats, some ersatz and mal pensant Republicans will now define Reagan greatness down in order to boost and raise up Joe Biden? The answer is evidently yes. The wages of Joe Biden's comments are embarrassingly unwise to the extent that we were happy he was going to Europe and that we were happily happy that Kamala Harris wasn't going again and in his stead. To the degree people are now finally realizing their president is non mentis and that Kamala Harris may be the more responsible call under the 25th Amendment today is what you would call the final days of America were this fiction and not real. But it is real. And it is so bad that we are in the grip of insufficient options because the left wanted to punish American growth and success so long as it was happening in the name of something called common sense and under a party and movement that did it all, thinking America is actually superlative in the world and deserves to succeed for itself and others because of that fact. This is why hate. Anger and revenge are not good things in public or personal policy. And while the hatred of Donald Trump always outweighed the hatred attributed to him, leaves us now in the position we are in. Insufficient options in a dangerous world that was just made more dangerous because we reward not merit outputs and success here, but all the things a normal country and a normal people would not find important in the first place or once would not. Three years before George Orwell wrote his book 1984, he wrote an essay called Politics in the English Language. There, he wrote, quote, in our time, political speech and writing are largely the defense of the indefensible. The English language becomes ugly and inaccurate because our thoughts are foolish, but the slovenliness of our language makes it easier to have foolish thoughts, close quote. 
We have foolish thoughts now because of the corruption of our language, which emanated and was perfected by the corrupt thought of the left and the media. You can be called commander in chief, though you are not in command or in charge really of very much at all. That's a corruption of sorts, too. Read Orwell. Stop reading the New York Times and then roll up your sleeves and work with me on our hashtag MOFA project. That is to say, make Orwell fiction again. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Uh, the audio that's been played on most platforms over the last, uh, t- uh, well, not quite 24 hours, almost, is, of course, uh, that that came from the Academy Awards. Um, and it will have a, a, a very little consequence to anyone's life. It may have consequence to two or maybe three people's lives, assuming more comedians aren't beaten up for the words they uh, utter. Uh, but that having been said, the audio you need to be aware of is the audio that took place today in the White House between Joe Biden and two reporters. The first reporter is uh, Peter Ducey from Fox News. The second one is the White House correspondent from PBS, who was doing a rather good job, I have to say. This is what you need to hear. This is your commander in chief. Listen to this really nice question. Well, it's it's an important question, no, I think. Are you worried that other leaders in the world are going to start to doubt that America is back if some of these big things that you say on the world stage keep getting walked back? What's getting walked back? It made it sound like, just in the last couple of days, uh, it sounded like you told U.S. troops they were going to Ukraine. It sounded like you said it was possible the U.S. would use a chemical weapon, and it sounded like you were calling for regime change in Russia, and we know none of the three occurred. None, none of the three, three occurred. The three. We covered them all live here. Interpret the language that way. I was talking to the troops. We we're talking about helping train the troops in that are the the Ukrainian troops that are in Poland. That's what the context. I sat there with those guys for a couple hours. That's what we talked about. Just to stop real quick, when he told our troops in Poland. You'll see what I'm describing in Ukraine when you get there. Is there anything close to a plausible interpretation that would translate into you'll see what I mean when you meet with Ukrainians who come here? No, there is no plausible. No. Okay, just continuing. So when you said you're going to see when you're there, you were not intending. I was referring to with meeting with and talking with. The uh, Ukrainian troops are in Poland. And when you said a chemical weapon use by Russia would trigger a response in kind. It will trigger a significant response. What does that mean? I'm not going to tell you. Why would I tell you? You've got to be silly. The world wants to know? The world wants to know a lot of things. I'm not telling them what the response would be. Then, then Russia knows the response. Let's make very clear that when you say you're going to respond to a chemical attack in kind, the world does need to know that you are not promising to engage in illegal conduct against the Geneva Conventions by unleashing a in-kind chemical attack. Yes, the world would like to know that the United States is not spreading the rumor out loud, I suppose, spreading the fact that we will engage in war crimes. I think the world would like to know that. May we go forward? 
Here's PBS. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to take two more questions. One, two. Mr. President, um, I still want to get back to your original words that he cannot remain in power. Can you help us understand you have more foreign policy experience than any president who has ever held this office? Well, now hold that thought a moment. You have more foreign policy experience. Okay, so PBS has to play to type a little bit before they hit before they stick the shiv, they have to baste the turkey, I suppose. I don't know, that's a mixed metaphor that doesn't work, but they before they do their thing, they have to do their thing. He's the most experienced president in foreign policy to occupy the White House. Anyone ever hear of Dwight Eisenhower, a two-term president, who between 1943 and 1952 was the supreme allied commander in Europe, military governor of Germany, and the NATO supreme commander? Some may recall that that might constitute maybe more foreign policy experience than Joe Biden's. But anyway, it's PBS. But listen to the rest of the question. Whether those are your personal feelings or your feelings as president, do you understand why people would believe you as someone commanding one of the largest nuclear arsenals in the world, saying someone cannot remain in power is a statement of U.S. policy? And also, are you concerned about propaganda use of those remarks by the Russians? No and no. Tell me why. You have so much experience. You he are thinks the leader that's of clever. He thinks that's clever. No and no. Because it's ridiculous. Nobody believes we're going to take down. I was, going to, I was talking about taking down Putin. Nobody would believe that. Just in his entire staff, every major headline and every world leader around the world will go on. Number one. Number two. What have I been talking about all, since this all began? The only war that's worse than one intended is one that's unintended. Hold it. What have I been talking about continually since this thing began is the only war that's and what is it? The only war that's it. whatever it was, whatever that was, is is that what people remember him saying? Is that some kind of whatever that is? The only war that's unintended is the war that's unintended. Uh, really? That's what we've been hearing from Joe Biden? No, we've been hearing about sanctions. We've been hearing about the evil of Putin and Russia. We have been hearing about sanctions being sometimes defensive, sometimes peremptory, sometimes preventative. We haven't. I don't. He lives in a reality that doesn't exist. Continue. He lives in an irreality that doesn't exist. Last thing I want to do is engage in a land war or a nuclear war with Russia. That's not part of it. I was expressing my outrage at the behavior of this man. It's outrageous. It's outrageous. And it's more an aspiration than anything. He shouldn't be in power. Oh, it's an aspiration. And he shouldn't be in power. Has this line been walked back or has it been brought back? That's what I would like to know from the. Rachel Maddow said upon Trump's election, no, you're not living in a nightmare. This is our world now. This is our world now. Well, she was wrong about it then. If she were around today, well, she doesn't have to be. But this is your world now. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. The memory holding is coming from someone whose memory is full of holes. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, parts of which are brought to you by the Midas Gold Group, veteran-owned, great reputation. It's a wonderfully reputable dealer. I use them. Seb Gorka uses them. I own 
gold and silver from Midas Gold Group. They're also proud supporters of our agenda, America First. Obviously, this show right here, 960 The Patriot. They're fighting for your right to the financial privacy that gold offers. The one thing you don't need are pushy commission salespeople to tell you why you should buy gold. You probably already want it, and Midas Gold Group will help navigate you through all of it. Love these people. Visit them in person at 625 West Deer Valley Road in Phoenix or call them at 480-360-3000. That's 480-360-3000 or online at MidasGoldGroup.com. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, I don't know, we should come up with a a nickname for him. He's yeah, it's a, it's a odd it's an odd thing, you know. For about mm, a year and a half now, two years maybe, I've had friends saying, you know, DeSantis better be careful. DeSantis better be careful. You know, he's just kind of flooding the zone. He's going to make a misstep. He's going to hang himself at some point on his own petard. Never has happened, and he's increased the activity. It just he has owned everyone who tries to own him, whether it's media, whether it's CEOs. Today. Today he signed um, he signed the legislation that has been called the "Don't Say Gay" bill. What 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 did I retweet out today? Uh, let's see. I think I can find it. It wasn't mine. It was Ali Beth Stuckey's. Yes. Thoughts and prayers for everyone in Florida headed to prison tonight for saying the word "gay." Boy, I sure hope people take that as a as a as the joke it was intended to be. I I, I really do. Do you think they will, Bill? I'm not sure if they will. Or not, but Ron DeSantis signed um, the law today that has gotten all this controversy. Um, you know, banning sexual and transgender topics in grades K through three. You know, five to nine year olds, because we don't think five to nine year old kiddos need to be hearing about this stuff and learning about this stuff, especially when about a third of them entering the fourth grade can't read. Can't read. Maybe they should focus on that instead of whatever this weird perversion is to institute in kids' brains, minds, souls, and hearts notions of transgenderism at ages 5 through 9. But in any event, Ron DeSantis did sign that legislation today, made a really good comment. And uh, we'll, 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 we'll get to that comment in a moment. But just so you know how the world operates... Okay, here's ABC News. Breaking, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signs controversial don't say gay bill into law. This is ABC Today. Next line. The bill bans lessons on sexual orientation or gender identity in some grades. Oh, just some grades. Like what? 12th grade? Public universities? Florida State University? Some grades. Do you think they knew it was grades K through three or do you think they just thought, well, it's not throughout the entirety of the school? Do you think they knew it and concealed it? I'm going to tell you they knew it and concealed it. I want you to understand that that's what the news business has become, actively involved in concealing the truth from you, actively involved in concealing facts and truth from you. What do you think the what do you think the attack on The New York Post and the banning of The New York Post Hunter Biden story was? You think the New York Times and Twitter did that because they wanted you to have more truth or less truth, more facts or less facts? Pierce Morgan, God love him. I, you know, 
I'm more apt to quote him than Bill Maher, I think. I think he is more naturally conservative and has been on that kick for some time. He's got a few blind spots, which I can live with. My gosh. Give me Piers Morgan over Bill Crystal any day. I'd rather a few blind spots than blindness, okay? Political blind and, 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 and factual blindness. Piers Morgan said something, and I think it's about right, just about right, at least for the people that kind of think his way about these things. He said, you know, Donald Trump has been going around saying that the election was rigged against him and he was – had had the presidency unfairly taken it from him. Pierce Morgan then said he's right, but for the wrong reasons. He says, I don't believe much of the stuff about voting machines, but what the media did, particularly on the Hunter Biden story, did change an election. Pierce Morgan put it that way. He's right. He's right. Say what you want about the other stuff. I've shown you the polling. Nine percent of vote inviters in swing states would have changed their vote against Joe Biden if they had known this story. You got to make your own kind of music, I guess. Doesn't happen there, does it for him? <laughs> Welcome back to the Seth Liebson show, portions of which. Are brought to you by Balance of Nature. We're going to do a cool thing with them, I think, uh, involving uh, ultra running, ultra marathoning. Uh, that'll be kind of cool. Uh, we'll talk to you more about that. Did you run today, Bill? No. Anyway, Balance of Nature. They're fruits and veggies. Feel better, protect your health, and maintain your health with the power of nature. A blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables you take just once a day. It's 100% natural, not a single additive, third-party tested for impurities and anything unnatural that could get in there. And even the capsules are merely made of cellulose. Cellulose. If you don't like swallowing the capsules, they're normal-sized capsules. I know some people don't like swallowing them. You can chew them. You can open them up. They're designed for both. Balance of nature. They're fruits and veggies. As I say, to feel better, protect your health, and maintain your health. With the power, the potent power of nature. If you go to balanceofnature.com and check their fruits and veggies out, make sure to use discount code BALANCE. That's discount code BALANCE. Can I ask a question about the Ukraine fight? I, I keep saying the old habits die hard. Sorry. The fight between Russia and Ukraine and I suppose the rest of the civilized world and Russia you no doubt by now have seen you maybe even had certain sympathies with certain claims about elements of the conservative movement and the right that seem to be doing Putin's bidding. They seem to be Russian agents. Remember, The View wanted a censor. No, sorry, arrest Tucker Carlson for being a, um, a mouthpiece of Vladimir Putin's, which he's not. But they've found about Four or five conservatives, most of them, I think all of them, far less famous than Tucker Carlson, so much so that maybe not even all of you have heard of them, as, you know, putting out the pro-Russia line and disgracing their country by doing so. 
there have been New York Times stories on this. There have been Washington Post stories and op-eds on this. Of course, there have been TV shows on this from cable to The View, which is ABC, by the way, right? The View is ABC, the network that lies to you. It's the network that lies to you, that covers up facts and truth, like The New York Times. But in any event, let me not digress. You have seen that this is a conservative Republican right-wing problem, conservative comma possibly Republican, possibly right-wing problem. Why has there been no attention at all on the quiescence to Putin on the left? Could it be, could it just be that we're seeing bias yet again? Again, Prager could not have been more right. Most of the bias is in what they don't tell you. Tucker Carlson is arguably more well-known than Michael Moore, but only arguably. Who do you think is more well-known, Tucker Carlson or Michael Moore? Well, I would venture to say amongst the left, Michael Moore is more well-known and amongst the right, Tucker Carlson is more well-known. But they're probably, you know, in the general imagination, pretty close. Their Q ratings are probably fairly close. Probably. Uh, Michael Moore has a million more followers on Twitter than Tucker Carlson. I just checked. On the other hand, Tucker Carlson has a nighttime show. And Michael Moore doesn't, but Michael Moore has movies. Anyway, Michael Moore is as much on Tucker's side of this thing as anyone, you know, not wanting the U.S. to go to war, putting out a few things in defense of the Russian perception from time to time. That's Michael Moore. Anyone talking about arresting him over at The View or left wing softness for Vladimir Putin? Where have been the human rights hysterics like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar? Where has been the center of the uh, sewing circle of progressive nonsense? You you wonder about that? You heard, heard them much on this? New York Post today inside the squad's Putin problem. Looks like the squad has a Putin problem as in a reluctance to stand up to the Russian autocrat. Two of the group's core members, Representatives Cory Bush and Ilan Omar, were the only two House Democrats to vote against sanctioning Russia's oil industry, while Rashida Tlaib, in the run-up to the invasion, argued against providing Ukraine with aid. Did you know that? You did not know that. And in a now-deleted tweet... Always raising curiosity when you delete a tweet. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez argued that Washington should, quote, avoid sanctions against Russia as they would, quote, hurt the Ukrainian people. Inadvertently, we hope, echoing the line pushed by RT, the Russian TV outlet, which similarly insists sanctioning Russia is a threat to Ukraine, too. Omar, Ilan Omar, is the worst of the bunch on this front anyway. Because of her deep family ties to Russia, her brother-in-law, Mohammed Kenyan, was the chief of staff for former Somalian Prime Minister Hassan Kair, known for all but giving his country's oil reserves to the energy company backed by Russian billionaires and Putin ally Alexander Zhaiparidze. And Amar's father was a Soviet-educated colonel in the Somali army during the 80s under the Russian-backed regime of Syed Barre. Her excuse for her pro-Putin votes, quote, I don't support broad-based sanctions on any country. 
They are economic warfare, and we should all oppose them like we oppose military actions. Also, as humans who are interconnected to other humans globally, we will directly or indirectly be impacted by it. That's an Omar tweet. She wrote that. I don't support broad-based sanctions on any country. They are economic warfare. Funny. Omar loves to sanction Israel. She, Talib, and the rest of the champion, and the rest champion, the boycott, divestment, and sanction movement that targets Israel. Never worrying about the impact of sanctions on Jews or Palestinians. That's the cutting edge of the progressive movement and supposed future of the Democratic Party for you. Obsessed with bashing Israel but cutting a war criminal slack. I think the New York Times, the Washington Post, or The View will go after them and say they should be imprisoned. Of course not. They don't care. They don't care about Ukrainians. They don't care about Russians. They care about Democrats winning. That's all they care about. They care about the left and Democrats winning. They don't care that Ilan Omar can get away with lying about what she believes on sanctions. They don't care about Rashida Tlaib and Cori Bush voting against helping Ukrainians. They just don't care about it as much as they don't care that Tucker Carlson puts in a kind word for the case of Russia from time to time. A case I disagree with, but what he does from time to time. And they want to put him in jail for. All they care about is the Democratic Party. It is their cult. It is their church. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Brandon Weikert coming up to straighten everything out in regard to foreign and defense policy. Before I go there, though, let me see what's uh, – yes, yeah, Steve Hayward put it this way. There's a new poll out from the Democrat-connected Iowa poll which has uh, Joe Biden's overall approval rating at 34 percent. Steve Hayward says this is very nearly Nixon on the eve of resignation territory or George W. Bush after eight years of public weariness over the war in Iraq. Paul Bedard in in the Washington Examiner writes, a gold standard pollster held by Democrats for her accuracy has just pulled the rug out from under the White House with the worst findings yet for President Joe Biden and Seltzer, who conducts the famous Iowa poll coming out of Grinnell College, has found nationally that Biden's approval rating has sunk to 34 percent and that most respondents believe the economy is heading southward. The latest edition of the Grinnell College National Poll shows that nearly six in 10 Americans believe the economy will get worse in the next 12 months, the highest number recorded in the history of the poll. And the pessimism about the future of the economy may be weighing down President Joe Biden's approval ratings across the board. Let me make a prediction. I think if we get our act together, it is a big if, and we better be prepared for a few arrows that could come our way, some sidecars, some side T-boning that will hit us and take us off course. I believe if we're prepared for all that, we will do really well in November. I believe that. I believe that. But I think we better have some good answers to some charges that could be coming. I've talked about that in regard to 
Roe v. Wade and a few other things. I can get into it again if you want. But suffice to say, I believe that we will do well in November. And as would be standard, if the thumping is as big as many of you are hoping and thinking it will be, you would predictably see a few resignations from the administration. Here's my prediction, especially after today's press conference, which may have been the worst press conference any president has ever given. May have been when you unpack it. Joe Biden walked back his staff's walking back of his comments for regime change. That's what happened today. He walked back his staff's walking back and denied reality to two reporters, one from Fox, one from PBS. Here's my prediction. I believe in the next 30 days you're going to see a few interesting resignations out of this White House. I do believe it. We'll see if I'm right. I don't think they can wait until November. I think people are not going to want to be there to be the last people to turn out the lights and they see a ship that is sinking. Because why? Because why? Why is the ship sinking? Because you have a non-compassmentist president that everyone told us was just fine and better than the alternative when the alternative wasn't just fine but was actually taking all personality out of it aside and looking at every index of policy. Great. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.